How's it going everyone? It's Wywell here and welcome back to But Why. It's been a fat minute since I've recorded any episode just sit down and sitting down and talking because since I've made the rule that album reviews are becoming their own thing and not so much a uh, part of But Why, um, I'll have time to actually more so sit down and talk about something, which judged, judging by the title, we all know we're talking about Avatar The Last Airbender today, which is to some a kid's show. It's not for adults. And that's where I tell you, you're completely, completely wrong. Um, I have loved this show ever since it came out. Like, it says anything, I've got Aang U2s. I don't know if you can see back here, but I've got an Aang statue. Back here, I've got Azula U2s. And I also have the Zuko U2s in my cabinet back there. I absolutely love this series, and we're, today we're going to be talking about a couple of reasons. Why? Why is Avatar The Last Airbender one of my favorite TV shows of all time, if not my favorite TV show of all time? Uh, for one, it gets nostalgia bonus because I watched it when I was a kid. I watched it growing up. It's more than just a kid's show for a couple of reasons. The writers of this show know how to write characters. They took Sokka from being a pretty immature teenager to becoming an eventful warrior. They took Katara from this revengeful, always spiteful character to this merciful, caring character. They took Toph, who was this stern character. She's still pretty stern throughout the entire show, but she eventually grows into this caring, loving person. Now, I don't know if I'd describe that as Toph as that, though, but uh, she, she gets a little bit of that. Um, and it, 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 the way they took Aang, the main character, he evolved from this immature denial of him being the Avatar to this responsible kid who knew how important it was for his destiny to defeat the Fire Lord. So, and then we have also Zuko, who we're also we're going to talk about later because he deserves a a portion of his a portion of this video to himself because his his arc is on another level. Uh, next up, the the villains of this of this show did not hold back at all. There were only about four main villains of this show, being General Zhao in the first season, Azula pretty much throughout the entire show, uh, Long Fang in Bossing Se, and then obviously Far Lord uh, Ozai. Uh, General Zhao, he was probably the Eh, he was a bit better than Long Fang, I would say. Uh, he's the villain in season one. He his goal was to overthrow the Water Tribe to continue the. They were basically trying to take over the Water Tribe to expand their the empire, basically. Uh, and General Zhao's master plan was to take over the fish, kill the Moon Spirit, and rid the world of, I guess, water bending because. Apparently, without the moon, waterbenders can't can't bend, uh, and I guess it's the same for it, it is the same for firebenders. Where if you take away the sun as their source of power, they can't firebend because that actually happens in the day of Black Sun episodes. But 
you know, General Zhao, he goes down pretty easily at the end of Season 1, doesn't even really put up a fight. Actually, Zuko fights him even more than Aang does. Aang goes into his giant water spirit mode and just basically drowns him. <laughs> uh, and we find out later in Legend of Korra that he was taken to the lost mist in the spirit world. I don't know if it's actually called the lost mist, but it's this mist that infects your mind, basically. So... And then next up, we can talk about Long Fang. He's this, he, he's a pretty weak villain because he, he's, he's basically the whole mastermind behind keeping Bossing Say. No one in Bossing Say knows that the war is happening and he was in charge of making sure everyone didn't find it out. Not even the king knew about it. So he was like the mastermind. He's the leader of the uh, Dai Li and overall, he's got a cool voice actor. I'll give that to him. But other than that, that that's all he was but he was annoying so uh next up we got the fire lord himself which he is the ultimate evil but he doesn't ultimately you don't even see his face until i think some part way through season two and he's voiced by mark hamill himself so that's pretty cool right <laughs> um it has been confirmed by the the creators that Fire Lord Ozai is the most powerful firebender in the world, and it was showcased in only the very last episode, and you see his uh, lightning bending in the Day of Black Sun Part 2, and it is so cool, by the way. <laughs> and then you see him in the last episode fight Aang, and you can see how powerful he is, especially with Sozin's Comet, and he's just so sinister, he's so mysterious, and really unforgiving for the fact that he banished Zuko just for speaking out of turn. Zuko said it better himself, you banished a child for speaking out of turn. And then next we have Azula, which I think a lot of people wouldn't argue with me when I said Azula seemed like the main villain of Avatar The Last Airbender. At least the most consistent one. Fire Lord Ozai only showed up so much, and Azula was there ever since the start of Season 1, which... The episode The Chase is so unbelievably good and ends with her actually attacking Iroh. And he like goes unconscious and like Zuko tells him to leave. And oh my gosh, the voice actors are so good. Like the voice actor for Lucio, or not Lucio, for Zuko <laughs> is you can just hear so much emotion whenever he his bursts of rage get outburst. Outbursted is the best way I could put it. Um, but back to Azula, she's cunning, she's smart, she's badass, she's, she's this constant threat where you know that she's better than Zuko at, at firebending, and he even admits it that she's better, because she has the blue fire, right? Uh, so... She, just by that alone means she's very powerful and no one else has blue fire other than her which is a really cool unique detail but she's always there she always thinks she's one step ahead but that eventually led to her downfall and her her story of being rejected from her mom because her mom was actually i don't know if this is fact but i remember hearing something like this where her mom was afraid of her and the, the kind of girl that she was becoming so she she kind of feared her and i don't know if she neglected her in any sense but all i know is azula wanted more from her mom 
which if you don't know i'm going into a whole spiel right now that uh, if you haven't seen the show go watch it by the way it's amazing <laughs> big huge spoiler alert by the way it's never outright told us this in the show but lord fire lord ozai had an older brother who is iroh right iroh was supposed to take the, th the throne but ozai or iroh's son I forget his name, it's like Lutan or something, um, died in a, a, a battle, and that destroyed Iroh. Completely messed him up. So Ozai went to his dad, who was the Fire Lord at the time, and said, he has no heir, and I have two healthy children, I should become the heir to the throne. So that pissed off the current Fire Lord. I, I don't know if it was Sosin or not, it was some Fire Lord. Um, and this this pissed him off. So Ozai was, I think, sentenced to death. I think something like that. But um, Zuko's mom knew that this was happening. So no, no, no. It was Azula and Zuko that heard this happen when they were kids, and then they went and told their mom about it. So then the only way to avoid uh, Fire Lord Ozai getting punished was Zuko's mom assassinated the current Fire Lord. So with no Fire Lord available and with Iroh not having an heir, Fire Lord Ozai became the Fire Lord since he had the heirs and he was the one present at the time. So yeah, that's a kid's show, by the way. And so, yeah, Azula wanted, you know, some more gratification from her mom and you see in I don't know if it's the last episode, it might be the second to last episode, where she sees her mom in the mirror and has a conversation with her, and it's just a really heartfelt, meaningful moment. So this this show does many things great. It does fight choreography amazing, and it's so completely unique and it's animated so incredibly well that the fire looks cool. They somehow made it possible that you can see air. And it's, it's funny, I saw a comment on Reddit at some point where it said, so do, in Avatar, when they're airbending, do they just see nothing? <laughs> I mean, obviously they do, because that's how air works, but uh, the fight choreography is so freaking cool. The soundtrack on top of it, dude, it's masterful. Like, I don't know what instrument that is, but it is so cool, and it it adds to the vibe so well, and it fits the show so well. Uh, the comic relief moments as well on the show are unmatched. You got Sokka, you got Momo, you got Aang and Sokka being stupid together. Toph in and of herself is funny. Katara tries to have her moments, but she's like basically the mom of the group, and they even mention that at one point in the show. Yeah, no, there's even some episodes dedicated, dedicated to entirely making you laugh, like the episodes where Aang is hallucinating because he's so nervous from trying to sleep. <laughs> I forget what that episode's called. It's called like Night Nightmares and Daydreams or something. It's a kid's show that adults can watch. So there's got to be kid elements to it to keep them gripped in because they're not going to understand the master scope of what the story these writers were trying to tell. Some of the best episodes in the series, I'm going to read off just a couple of them. Or these are my personal favorites. Uh, they're not in any sort of order. They're not even ordered, like in terms of season one, two to three. Uh, they kind of are, but not really. I would say my favorite episode in the series is the very last episode. 
because you can't beat the last Agni Kai because that soundtrack as well as the the climax of Zuko and Azula's rivalry is so cool and they're both powered up by Sozin's Comet and oh my gosh the fight I'm getting chills right now even just talking about it because that fight with that soundtrack is so good it is amazing. Some people even argue, and I can definitely see this argument, that the last Agni Kai was better than Aang and uh, Ozai's final fight. I can see that argument. It's so cool. As well as that episode is just filled with so much action, so much like tying things together. Uh, big spoiler alert, Aang takes away Ozai's bending because he's... Aang is a character, he's very merciful, he was taught not to kill, so he was trying to find a way to subdue Ozai without killing him, even though all the past avatars were telling him that killing him was the only way to bring balance and peace. He ended up getting this power from a lion turtle, where he could, what's called, energy bend. And he bended... Ozai's energy to block his ability to firebend. And so from there, they imprisoned him and Zuko became the Fire Lord. Which, another couple of good episodes are the Blind Bandit. That's where Toph is first introduced. It's a great episode. We have Zuko Alone, which is another one of my favorites. It, it, we're going to talk, like I said, we're going to talk more about Zuko in a minute. <laughs> and we'll definitely mention this episode. Uh, we got um, The Day of Black Sun Part 2, which is the episode we see them sieging the Fire Nation. And Zuko confronts his father after his betrayal of Iroh, which is such a powerful moment that he's having this conversation where he's finally standing up to his dad and how what he did was wrong about banishing a 15-year-old for a minuscule reason. And that whole part is so powerful and emotional. And it ends with the sun, the eclipse no longer blocking the sun. And you see Ozai use two fingers super fast, go and shoot lightning at Zuko. And you see it come full circle with when Iroh was teaching him to redirect lightning. He eventually figures out how to do it, and he does it correctly. And it is so cool and signifies like Zuko's evolution as a character that he realized he was wrong and that Iroh was right and was the true father to him the whole time. And then we have the Siege of the North Part 2, which is the last episode of Season 1, which it's just cool. I don't know. <laughs> it's one of my more favorites. It's pretty cool. Uh, next, we got the library. Not for the library itself. It's it's a good episode the entire time. But I'm looking more towards the end where Aang loses all control when he finds out that Appa was stolen. You can feel that emotion so hard. Like I'm, I'm getting chills again just talking about it. Where he destroys the Sandbender's boat... And his, he goes into the Avatar state and starts creating this sandstorm. He's about to lose all control, and then Katara gets all sad and grabs his arm, pulls him down, calms him down, 
and he just starts crying and the soundtrack is just perfect perfect that that's the main reason that i like the library wanchi dong is pretty cool as well and then we have the drill which that episode i feel like it's weird because they were trying to breach bossing say but they were only doing it in a drill without an army which is weird but that's not why uh the fight between Aang and Azula is the main reason this episode is good. It's just fantastic. Next, we got the Crossroads of Destiny, which is the episode at the end of season two. These writers knew how to write a finale. Uh, huge spoiler warning: um, Azula or Aang finally does this thing where he unlocks the true potential of the Avatar state, where he has to untether himself from everything worldly including katara who he is in love with which he, he does it and unlocks the full potential of the avatar but as he's doing that he's rising up in the air about to kick everyone's butt and azula shoots him with lightning in the back if you don't know if a if the avatar dies while being in the avatar state the avatar cannot be reborn so big scary moment the episode ends with Katara using the special healing water she got from the North Pole to essentially bring him back from the dead because he was not coming back from that. And really attention to detail, I remember this specifically, she shoots him in the back and obviously electricity and lightning travels downward. So it traveled through his body and exited through his foot. And as he's falling out of the air, you can see this this mark on his foot where the lightning exited which is such a cool attention to detail from the animators freaking good job and as well in that episode it's the episode where zuko again is confused by where he wants to be and he betrays iroh which he ends up regretting the entirety of season three until it confronts ozai which we talked about earlier uh next we got the chase which is i think our first initial introduction of azula i think it is is when the the team avatar meets her so it's it's just a pretty w episode in general and then it ends with like i said and then next up we got the beach which it's it's a filler episode up until the point of where ty lee may azula and zuko are around the bonfire and they're just talking about their feelings and Zuko is spilling his emotions of being conflicted of what he wants and who he's trying to live for and who he's whose side he should be on basically and the soundtrack during that whole part where he eventually expresses that he's angry at himself is just fantastic and he said they ask why he hates himself or why he's angry at himself and it's because he's confused and he doesn't know what he wants so those are some of my favorite episodes. And I guess now we can talk about Zuko. And this is probably going to take a minute, so strap yourself in. Okay, so Zuko as a character. We're pre I'm pretty much going to talk about his entire character, by the way. Like, his entire story. So, he is older than Azula by, I believe, a year or two. He was always not as skilled as her. And his father, Ozai, even said... And this is from Zuko's words himself, that she she was born lucky and that he was lucky to be born, which if your own father is saying that about you, that's bad, which means that even from an early age, Ozai didn't like Zuko. And so Zuko's mom cared about him 
dearly, loved him to bits when his dad kind of neglected him. And so come to a point of which Zuko is old enough to attend a war meeting where they're discussing like infiltrating a town or something. They were discussing leaving those troops in that town just to abandon them, I believe. Um, I might be screwing it up a little bit, but this is the general idea. Um, and then Zuko speaks out and says, we can't leave them like that. And that was when Ozai like made him pay for his actions by um, competing in an Agni Kai. If you don't know what an Agni Kai is, it is basically a duel, like a 1v1. And he thought he was going up against the general that he insulted when the person that was ultimately insulted was his father. So he had to be in an Agni Kai with his father. And we know that Ozai is an extremely skilled firebender. He said he wouldn't fight him and started apologizing to him during mid-fight. He said he didn't want to fight him. And Ozai eventually burned his face and that's why he has that scar on his right eye i believe no it's his left eye right no it's his right eye, i think yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i might be getting it wrong um and then he gets banished and he, and ozai said his only redemption i don't know if ozai said this or if zuko just believed his only redemption would be to find the avatar which that's where we start out in season one is zuko looking for him and it's pretty it's pretty Rules Aaron, because at, at the start of season one, the Avatar had been missing for around 100 years because Aang ran away from his responsibilities because they told him too early that he was the Avatar and he didn't want to be the Avatar. So he ran away and eventually got frozen in ice. Yada yada. This isn't about Aang. We're talking about Zuko. So Zuko then actually finds him because of a trap that was set in an abandoned ship and he actually captures him, but then escapes in the same episode fast forward a whole bunch Zuko's trying to chase him capture him and then we get to about end of season one where he captures him again and is making his way off with him and what does he do exactly I think he he just gets saved again he makes it away somehow and then in the start of season two Azula arrives and says hey father forgive you you can come home and they believed it Iroh was suspicious and then they eventually were made fugitives of the Fire Nation and were now on nobody's side. But at the same time, Zuko still believed if he captured the Avatar, he would have his father's uh, respect back or his honor back. And so Iroh this whole time is trying to make Zuko believe that his purpose in his life is to gain his own self-honor rather than the honor from his father. And Zuko doesn't think that's possible, and he's pretty much blind to seeing that. And then there's a point where, at, at, towards the end of season two, Zuko believes if he he finds out that Aang lost Appa from one of the lost posters, and eventually finds where Appa is, he he's looking for him because he believes if he finds Appa, he'll find. Hey, so but Zuko and Iroh eventually like I Iroh ends up there somehow and I have no clue how. Oh, I forgot to mention Zuko alone. In the episode Zuko alone, Zuko thinks that it would be better if him and Iroh split up. And in this episode, Zuko finds this family. He tries to pretend like he's someone who he's not, and eventually ends with him remembering. Well, he doesn't remember who he is. He 
takes ownership for who he is instead of being ashamed of who he is. And he goes like so freaking cool on those Earthbender guards. It was it was so awesome. So then him and Iroh go to Bossing Say. They find the Appa poster, or he finds the Appa poster, finds Appa, Iroh follows him there. They have this really powerful conversation about, again, Iroh trying to get him to realize who he is and what he wants. And Zuko doesn't know what he wants. He doesn't know if he wants the gratification from his father. He doesn't know if he wants his honor back. He doesn't know. It was a super powerful conversation. And after that, they go back to Bossing Say. Uh, Zuko gets captured. Iroh and Aang go to save him, but Katara also gets captured. And then Zuko and Katara have this moment where she says that she can heal his his scar. And it was almost going to happen until Iroh and Aang showed up. And then Azula shows up after Aang and Katara leave, and she pretty much convinces Zuko of what he knows he's kind of wanted this whole time but then like iffy because of what iroh has been trying to teach him that's when he turns on iroh and goes still goes after ang to regain his honor from his father in which they believe they killed ang at the end of season two and then found out zuko was then accepted back in by his father but azula told it was azula that killed ang but she told ozai that it was Zuko that did it. So if Aang somehow magically ended up being alive, it would look bad on him and he would lose his honor like tenfold again. So fast forward until or Zuko keep, kept paying a surprise visits to Iroh, who was in jail because Iroh's put in jail for treacherous reasons against uh, Fire Nation. He eventually goes to free Iroh. Actually, no, 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 that was, that was later. Fast forward to the Day of Black Sun episodes, and this is when Zuko approaches Ozai and admits everything, that Zula killed the Avatar, and that the Avatar was leading this invasion. And this is the point where Ozai was like, get out, get out of my sight if you know it's good for you. And this is when he said he's not taking, taking orders from him anymore, and then proceeds to... Basically say he's going to help Aang defeat him, which he was like questioning him. Why don't you take me out with your swords then? And he said, that's not my destiny. That's for the Avatar to do. He said his destiny is to help him defeat him. So then he calls him a coward and says, don't you want to find out what happened to your mother? And that's when he admitted to Zuko that his mother killed the previous Fire Lord. And that's why she was banished. Which, I don't know why she would get banished for helping him become Fire Lord. Like, why not just brush it under the rug? I don't know. And then Zuko ends up redirecting the lightning, getting out of there. Then you, at the end of that episode, you see him flying on a blimp, following uh, Team Avatar, who had failed, sieging the Fire Nation because there was no longer Eclipse and they were no longer vulnerable. Fast forward to when they get to, I believe, the Western Air Temple. Zuko tries to show up, convince them that he's good, which understandably so they would not believe he eventually convinces or uh, talk can tell if someone is lying and she could tell he wasn't lying and it was so awkward at first when they eventually accepted him in because he gave this apology of i can teach you firebending so you can help beat my father yada 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 then the next like whole next half of the season is each individual team avatar member going on a uh <laughs> 
a journey with him. Like Sokka went to the Boiling Rock, Katara went to find the person that killed their mother, and Aang went to the Fire Temple place where they found out the dragon dance and the like i forget they went to see the dragon masters because Lugo Bloss is able to bend his his ability to bend fire because it was fueled by anger and hate and he didn't so much have that anymore so he had to figure out a new way to fuel his firebending so they found out how to get how to fire bend together basically and then it comes full circle with iro or zuko meeting up with iro and it it almost brings me to like it gets me so emotional like when they reunite and Zuko is pouring his heart out to Iroh about how so sorry he is and how we should have listened to him and how Iroh pulled him in for the hug and then the soundtrack explodes into such emotion and I'm gonna look up the he said Zuko quote how can you so easily for how can you forgive me so easily I thought you would be furious with me and then Ira responds with, I was never angry with you. I was sad because I was afraid you'd lost your way. And he eventually found his way back. So, and he said, you did it all by yourself. And I'm so happy you found your way here. And this is, this is so emotional because Iroh is such an inspiring character with how troubled Zuko is. Um, it's just insane, the like how inspiring he can be. And so then... It also comes full circle with Iroh's story as well, where Iroh lost his son in that battle. So he basically, he told Zuko that he thinks of him as his own. If Ozai neglects you, I'm going to think of you as my own son. So it's it came full circle that Zuko realized that Iroh is the real one. He should be looking to, I don't know, he's he's the real one that really cared about him, basically, and not Ozai. He's, he, his gratification is the one he should have been seeking instead of Ozai's, so really emotional part of the season, and then Zuko's arc eventually ends with him fighting Azula, and some people debate if he would have won that fight without Katara, because Azula played dirty and went for Katara, knew Zuko would put himself in harm's way to defend her, and then Katara ended up uh, finishing off Azula. I think he could have done it because at that point, Azula was in shambles from her. Uh, Ozai made her Fire Lord because he was going to be Fire Lord of the entire Earth instead of just the Fire Nation. So she let it get to her head. She started going crazy. Like, she was in shambles, and I think that would have given Zuko the edge. So insane story arc of Zuko being this character that went from angry to confused to going in the wrong direction to redeeming himself and helping and righting his wrongs of helping uh, Team Avatar defeat Ozai and him repairing things with Iroh and eventually leading himself in the right direction where he eventually became Fire Lord incredible storytelling and i don't think i know a character that has a better redemption arc than zuko so that was enough about zuko let's have a good talk about the future of avatar real quick which a couple years ago they released a they they announced that they were going to open a separate studio just for avatar content which is huge i don't know if this is the exact order of things that are going to be coming out but they announced a team avatar movie where with them as adults which is super cool because we only got so much info on 
how they evolved as characters once they weren't kids anymore in Legend of Korra. And then there's going to be a solo Zuko movie, which I hope they delve into him finding his mom. Because there is a story on how to, how he found his mom uh, when, when she got banished. And it's super cool. And I could dive into it a little bit, but this video is getting a little bit long, so I don't think I will. Even though it's super important, I'm not going to do it much. So, And then after that, they are releasing a series about the Avatar that came after Korra. Which I guess we can kind of touch on uh, the evolution from Avatar The Last Airbender to The Legend of Korra. It was a pretty significant change from like basically a medieval setting to 40 years later, there's skyscrapers and cars, which was a huge turnoff for me, and I'm, I'm sure a huge turnoff to, to others at first. But it was actually really cool, and the characters were really likable. It was very different. The combat was still the same. The soundtrack was still amazing, and it still had the original directors and creators and stuff like that. And now, finally, we're getting some much needed developments into this fantastic universe so i think that is all we have to talk about today this was a very fun one and i uh, hope you guys enjoyed it if there's anything you would like me to talk about let me know i'll see you guys in the next one and bye bye